0: The current research is revealing Boomer Americans are shaping new insights to finding happiness in retirement. It's coming in the form of Encore Careers, volunteering, and business startups among their new directions. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. This is contrary to the past, too-long-held convention of aging in America being a time of decline and relinquishment for older adults. Instead, boomers are refashioning their next passage into a time for enrichment and happiness in aging. Chris Farrell is the author of the book, Purpose and a Paycheck, that reveals how life after 50 can simply get better.
1: One of the things that I am really intrigued by is there's this notion about working longer is only for the white-collar set, the, ed- the well-educated set. And it is true that the numbers in terms of working longer, if you're in a white-collar job and you're better educated, the number, that's where a lot of the growth is. But it's also growing whether you're high school only or even among dropouts. And I became very interested in this notion of it's not education, it's skill. And people underestimate, for example, how skilled are machinists. So I went to this nonprofit organization, New Century Careers. It's in Pittsburgh. And what it does is it teaches people to become a machinist, runs apprenticeship programs. And because machinists right now have a booming job market, the instructors are in their 70s and 80s, which was perfect for my, my purposes. They work each about two to three days a week. And they were passing on their skills to a younger generation. And part of what I was saying is that the American dream was alive and well at New Century Careers because what they talked about was to train these young people to have a skill so they could go out and get a job and then they could have a home and they could raise a family. And they were really driven. And none of them expected to be teachers, They didn't think, I'm going to be a mentor, I'm going to be an instructor. That wasn't part of the life plan, Um, but they were. And it's not only that they were teaching machine, they all had some other side gig going on. So one was working at Costco, and he uh, is the guy with the food. And he'd get in conversations. And another guy was flea markets on the weekends. And what he loved doing was buying – he bought these – uh, They're power drills by DeWalt, DeWalt, I think is the company, yeah, yeah. but didn't have the battery. Sure. So he bought them for $10 each and he sold them for, well, I don't know, $15 mm-hmm. each. And I said, well, why are you doing that? He says, but Chris, that's fun. You know, you buy something for 10 you sell it for 15 you know, this is a good time. Yeah. But the thing that also I took away from this is they needed to the work and they loved what they were doing and so much of our conversation about this working longer is do you need to work or do you want to work? And for most people, I think it's both. You need to work because you need to pay the bills or you're concerned about your spouse maybe getting sicker and maybe the medical bills are gonna rise, but you want to work because they found something that they loved, which is teaching a younger generation how to be a machinist. That's
0: also what you were talking about in having a purpose going beyond the finances, yeah. but it, and, and having a purpose and a direction tends to help you live longer, make you healthier as well.
1: It is because part of work we always talk about it in terms of income and that's kind of like the economic perspective, right? What's the income that you're making? And obviously income is a really important thing. That's how you can pay your, pay your bills, but the workplace is also a community. And people care whether you show up and you have conversations and you gossip and you have to learn new things. You have to learn a new piece of software or they do a little reorganization. So you have to do things differently. So you're also learning. And it's the community aspect of work that is so important. And it's also about status and respect and the desire to be useful, the desire to help people out. And so I I think a lot of this search for, purpose in a paycheck in the second half of life is I don't want to be told to work 50 hours for 40 hours pay. You know, maybe there's a period in my life where I had to do that or that, that was okay. That trade-off was right. That's not what I want to be doing. I want to be doing something that I feel good about, but I also want to be paid not only because I have to pay the bills, but in so many of my conversations, people would talk about the importance that when people pay you, They are saying you're valuable. And it wasn't a knock on volunteering, because volunteering is incredibly important to many of the people I interviewed. But they would talk about the difference that when you're volunteering, if things don't quite work out, okay, it's, you know, we'll we'll all move on. It says you're paying you. They want to make sure that they're taking advantage of your time. So I think it's that validation who you are and what you are in our society in a better society maybe it wouldn't require pay but in ours i think it does
0: two final things you said the transitions are difficult are hard to do is it because we're not trained to do them and we people just expect us to learn it on our own
1: yes i mean so much of our society um we're expected to go out and get our training on our own and probably pay for it on our own, for example. And so I think transitions are very hard. One of the things that I've become convinced of in talking to people, particularly the second half of life, and they want to keep working and they want to do something different. It's not easy to figure out what is it I want to do next. In fact, it's almost a haunting question because there's so many options that are available out there. And part of where it makes it difficult is, If I say to you or to somebody, what's your job? You know, they'll oftentimes give their job title and what they do. Whereas when you're making the transition, it's what is my skill set? What am I good at doing? What is it that I'd like to, what part of my brain would I like to exercise more because I really enjoy that? What is it? What missions do I really believe in? And so it's kind of stepping, there's a there's an introspective aspect of this. Who am I? What am I? And I don't know about you, but I think in so many aspects of our life, introspection is hard to find the time to do that. And then think about what is my skill set. And then I'm not going to reinvent myself, but I am going to take my skills into a different sector of the economy or into a different organization with a different mission and meet new people. So I think these transitions Always take more time than people expect. And you have to almost have an experimental mindset. This transition might not be the right one, but the next one might be. But I have to take that first step to get to the next one.
0: The The last question was you talked about screenwriters using streaming. Is is that something you're you're saying, that, that boomers in looking to start a business or what their next life chapters is going to be? They need to also look at how to use technology to get there.
1: So, it's two aspects. It, absolutely. I mean, one of the myths that's out there is that boomers are unwilling to learn new technology. So, my first office job, um, I had an IBM Selectric. And if you did not hit the enter button, you could erase the line. And this was like unbelievable. And we were, so, you think about boomers. Um, you know, you go from IBM Selectric to a dedicated word processing machine to a PC, you know, to now to a smartphone and some sort of tablet. So boomers have adopted to plenty of technologies over time. And it's so there I think it's more why do I need to learn it? So in my business you have to know how to use Facebook, have to know how to use Twitter, have to know how to use LinkedIn. That's how we, you know, get our Publications and our information out there. Um, do I need to learn Instagram? So that's a question. It's not that I can't learn Instagram, but is that as important? And now I think that that it is. So I, I will learn it. So I think boomers will keep learning new technologies. It's just part of their life. But it's also how a new technology, in unexpected ways, can lead to an incredible job market. I would never have expected that writers of uh, crime shows in their 60s and their 70s who had had a tough time for a a period of their years are now just being snapped up because this new technology has enabled the creation of a lot more shows and they have the right skill set to write that kind of show on time to know how to do it to know how to work in one of those writing rooms so i just think Technology unfolds in unexpected ways, and that's where I just find ageism is real. But boy, when there's money to be made, ageism goes by the wayside.
0: The one area where life after 50 is better can readily be observed is with entrepreneurship. Older adults are starting the majority of new businesses with women taking the lead. Carrie Hannon. Is a national thought leader an expert in the arena of older women going into business?
2: Well, it's a great time in life to think about starting your own business. I mean, this is your time to do what you really want to do. And it's no longer has to be that linear career. You can do lots of different things, but it's our time to find work we love. Women in particular are starting businesses faster than any demographic women over the age of 50. And you know what? What's so interesting about that? is that women are really hardwired for this kind of thing. Women aren't rash. They take their time. They do their homework. They collaborate women reach out and ask for help they don't try to do it all and so this is these are the secrets to becoming a successful entrepreneur is to really it's a process this takes time it's not a hit you know a home run right out of the park and women are really good at this kind of thing they're very good at at coming together and collaborating on working towards a goal, and running a business. So that's really important to keep in mind when when you're doing this. It's it's the long game.
0: You have some women, though, who have been housewives, and their husbands may have passed away. And they say, I don't have any experience with this. I haven't done this before, and I don't have any confidence in doing this. Maybe I ought to just be a caregiver. I mean, being a caregiver is a good thing, but on the other hand they may still have this dream of owning a business. How did they get over that hump?
2: Yeah, it's really important. I call like soul searching. You know, this is the time to kind of do an MRI on what it is that you're really good at. And often you need to talk to other people around you who know you and say, hey, you know, this is something that's a skill that you may take for granted. You might not even know that it's in there, that you have that ability to do something. And then again, then take your time. Think about it. Try it out. Take a class. See if it's something that really interests you. You don't have to, you know, there's no ideal starting point just get started start moving along one step at a time and see where it leads and it doesn't have to be hugely expensive to start a new business i mean you can start it at home as a side gig you know because you don't need the bricks and mortar to actually you can work you know from a home office i call it a great pajama job you know and you know (laughs) I'm not joking. And so, I mean, you know, really open up your mind to the possibilities. And this is your time. So think about it. You can do this.
0: You are talking about hover again, H-O-V-E-R. Get your hover on. Get your hover on. on. What do you mean by that? (laughs) It's a part of your book, too, I think. It
2: is. My book is never too old to get rich. And I'm telling you, have your hover on. And what I mean by that, it's a silly acronym, but this is what it means. H is hope. And that's believing that you actually can do something new. You can start something. O is optimism. Optimism sounds a little like hope, but it's not. Optimism is saying, I can keep moving forward because there will be roadblocks, there will be stumbling blocks, there will be people in your life will be naysayers about it. But if you're optimistic, you keep moving forward. V is value. What's your value? And that comes from, you know, really doing that inner searching about what am I good at? Why am I worth it? Why me? Why now? And find that inner value. E is for enthusiasm, and that's like the oomph factor. I mean, that's something that people want to work with you. They want to be around you. They want to be on your team. They want you to succeed. Enthusiasm. And finally is resilience, and with age comes resilience because we've been knocked down. We've come through lots of different life stages. If you've been at home as a caregiver, you know what that's like. I mean, there are hard days, and there are great days. So resilience is something that it's talked about a lot. It's hard to get your finger on it, but what it means is that you can bounce back, that you can get through all the stages it takes. To become a successful entrepreneur, and when I say rich, never too old to get rich. What I mean is, yeah, it can be a pocketbook rich, and I hope it is. But it can be an inner richness.
0: Final question I have for you: With boomer entrepreneurs, new boomer entrepreneurs, how do we get traditional industry to respect them as a business? And you know, saying how oh, you're too old to be doing this, they may not last long. That kind of the old ageism stuff. How do we get around ageism? for boomer entrepreneurs so that industry will accept what they do and how they do it.
2: Absolutely, well ageism is alive and well, no need to sugarcoat that. A couple of quick things. I tell, um, one thing I love for entrepreneurs is if you can team up with someone who's younger. I love senior-junior partnerships. I think these have great energy. These are businesses that can move forward. Uh, The senior entrepreneur often brings capital, they bring experience, they bring a network. The younger person brings tech savvy, energy, enthusiasm great combo for the long haul and a better sell to industry in general you might say um the other thing is i say for yourself for an entrepreneur who is at that age and you're concerned about ageism people not taking your business seriously maybe not taking you seriously a bank not wanting to lend you money perhaps because it's hard um is get physically fit if you're physically fit You can, you have that energy, you have that vibe, you have that positive, hard to put a figure on that. But people want to work with you. They want to have you on their team. They want you to be part of something that's new. And they're willing to take a chance and be on on with you as you move forward. So physical fitness and eating with an eye to nutrition is probably one of the best things you can do because it's a stressful time when you're starting a business. It requires a lot of energy.
0: We thank Carrie Hannon and Chris Farrell, both expert contributors to PBS's Next Avenue, for being our guest on this edition. We've been exploring how aging and happiness after age 50 is setting a new trend among older Americans. From the Aging in America Conference, I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch, stay on your game, and many thanks to you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.